Hey everyone, and thank you for joining me again on my podcast this week. It is 4th of July weekend. It is Independence Day on Sunday. And it's such a wonderful time in America. This is a time where we celebrate and rejoice that we have freedom. And, you know, we should be rejoicing in the Lord because the Lord has given us these freedoms. Thank God for America. Thank God for the freedoms that we've been given and have been bestowed upon us. You should get out and celebrate and have fun with your families this weekend. But make sure you go to the house of God because we need to remember the Lord has done great and wonderful things for us. We need to always point the glory back to the Lord because without him, we are nothing. But you know, it's a great time. You know, my family loves to get together and do a barbecue or cook out or just, you know, get together and have a wonderful time. As family, we like to shoot off fireworks. Sometimes we like to shoot off guns and, you know, just have a wonderful time as family. But in the midst of all that, we need to remember what the Lord has done for us and all that he's given us. And so thank God for America and thank God for what he's doing in America and through America. You know, America is the evangelist nation to the world and has been for so many years. And I believe the Lord still desires to use this nation for his glory. And so we need to be praying for our nation, getting down on our knees and thanking God that he is still working and that he's not through with this place. And you know, it's important that we pray for our leaders and for those who are in authority. Pray for those that are in places of or in positions of leadership because God is able to do so much more when we pray and seek his face and when we commit this nation to him and not try to complain about what's going on in our nation, not try to to um, be upset and angry about what we don't like in this nation, but to rejoice and thank God for what he's doing and for how he's working in our midst. You know, I don't always like everything that's going on. I didn't vote for the man that was in office, but you know what? God is still working. God is still moving. And we need to thank God that he has not done with this nation. So just a word of encouragement to you, Jesus is still Lord and God is still on his throne and there are great and wonderful things in store and healing that shall take place as we trust him. You know, the scripture says in Second Chronicles that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven God said, and forgive their sins and heal their land. You know, that's a promise from the Lord. And thank God that he will heal our land as we do our part as believers to seek his face and to turn from our wicked ways. You know, the Lord is able to heal this nation. The Lord is able to heal this land. And, you know, healing that shall remain, healing that the Lord brings is eternal. And so thank God for what he's doing. Thank God for how he's moving. We need to continue to operate in faith and walk in faith and speak in faith over America. Amen. Glory be to God. We've been talking about walking in the light. Last week we covered more ground on walking in the light and walking in the spirit during difficult times and difficult days. Amen. And we were over in Ephesians 5 last week. We're going to continue along that line. And we're going to continue to teach the word of God on what to do during trying times, during difficult times. Amen. So if you have your Bibles this day, you can turn on over to Ephesians 5. And we're going to look at some things. 
Ephesians chapter 5, let's look at the first verse. The scripture says, Be therefore followers of God as dear children. That word followers there literally means imitators of God. In other words, we're supposed to imitate God. We're to follow after him as would a child to his father. And, you know, we oftentimes take on the characteristics of our parents. We follow and imitate them. And that's exactly what we're supposed to do with our father God. We're to be imitators of God. And how do we imitate God? How do we follow after God the way he would do things? Well, we do that by following after his word and renewing our mind to the word of God and and being a doer of the word of God. That's how we imitate God. And this is in verse 2, And walk in in the love as Christ also hath loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice unto God for a sweet-smelling savor. Then he says, But fornication and all uncleanliness or cleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And then when we're talking about, when Paul was talking about that in verse 5, he said, those who practice these things, those that live this way, those that follow after those things without repentance and without turning into the light, those do not have an inheritance in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Christ. Verse 6 says, Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience, or the children of unbelief, that literally means. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And we talked about it last week. Where does our light come from? Well, we know that our light is from the Lord and our light is in the Lord. We've become children of the light. And we know God is light. That's who he is according to 1 John 1. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. We know that he is the father of lights according to James chapter 1. And every good and perfect gift comes down from above, comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. We know that the life of God is the light of men, according to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. The scripture says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was the life, and the life was the light of men. And so we see that God is light, and from God cometh light, or comes light. And the scripture also says that we are children of light because we are born of God. Because we're his children, because we've been adopted into the family of God, we become children of his light. Scripture says that we've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. So we've been adopted into the family, and now we become children of light. And that is our nature. The nature of light, the nature of God, comes to live on the inside of us. 
And not only are we children of the light, but we're also to walk in the light, to walk according to that which we are, to walk in the nature of who we are, the nature of God on the inside of us. And you know, the way we, that we do that is through the word, amen? Because his word is light. Because the entrance of his word giveth light. You know, Psalms 119, I just quoted it, 105, that the word of God is light. It says that when you come to the word of God, you open the word of God, that it brings light. And, you know, the word of God lights our path, doesn't it? It shines on our path to show us which way that we should go. Amen? So that is how we follow according to the course of God and not go according to the course of this world. You know, the world wants to lead us in a direction that is contrary to the things of God. Lead us off the path of righteousness. Lead us away from the light. And you know, what happens a lot of times with people is they veer off a little bit from the light. They veer off and compromise a little bit on what they know. And they allow a little bit of darkness in. And as they allow that and they compromise on that, they begin to move farther away. And as they do that, they open the door to greater deception and greater confusion and greater darkness. And over time, you can get farther and farther away from the light. You know, um, I have flown planes before. I've taken flying classes, gone up and and um, had flight instructions. And I notice through the instructions that I've received and just by doing the flying the, the couple times that I have, that their instruments and their are gauges that help direct you in your flight pattern. And, you know, we have all the instruments that help us as we fly. And I notice that as you stay on the path that the instrument says you're supposed to follow, whether it be north or south or wherever way you're going to go, as you follow on the, the instrument, it'll take you on the right path. But if you allow that plane to get off just a little bit, maybe wind pushed you a little bit, or maybe you just started to veer off a little bit, in one direction or the other. What can happen is at first it doesn't seem like a big deal. But then over time if you continue and don't make those corrections, don't make those adjustments that over time you start to get farther and farther away from your course. And then you can be even miles away and miles off course from the direction that you were going. And you know it's the same is true spiritually. You can Get off just a little bit and think it's not a big deal or compromise in the word on the word in a certain area and think it's not a big deal. And over time, if you allow that to continue, you can get farther and farther away from the truth. And before you know it, you're miles away from the light of God spiritually. And, you know, as Christians, it is going to be the a device of the enemy, the attempt of the enemy to lead believers astray, to lead them away from the light in these last days. Paul talked about it in 1 Timothy, said in the last days there will be seducing spirits and doctrines of devils that will be working in the earth, working against the church. And I always say that that's not talking, that they're not coming against the world because the world is already in darkness. The world is already deceived. The world already is um, children of Satan. They're Satan is the world's father. See, 
the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils are coming against the church to try to get them off, to seduce them away from the truth, to deceive them away from the truth. And so we need to be wise to these things. We need to be aware of these things. We ought not to be ignorant of the enemy's devices, like the word says. We need to be aware of these things. And the way we become more aware, the way that we stay vigilant, the way that we stay on guard is by and through the word of God. Now notice you're in Ephesians 5. Look down at the 13th 13th verse. It says, But all things that are reproved, that word is a King James word, literally means exposed, are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. So the light that Paul is talking about here is the light of the word of God, and it exposes things, right? It it shines on things and reveals what it is, because the, the word of God is uncompromising. There are no gray areas in the scripture. There are no areas where the scripture is just kind of vague. No, the word is very clear and very uh, straight and true. It's very sharp. The scripture says the word of God is quick and powerful. That word quick there means living, living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So there are no gray areas in the word. There are no areas in the word that they're going to be compromising on. There is only truth. There is only light. There is only the, the clarity of the word. It's very clear about things. It's clear about sin. It's clear about the purpose of God. It's clear in our life about what we should be doing. Can you say amen? And so we need to make sure that we're walking in the light of the word and it reproves or exposes and it makes manifest the things in our life. What does that mean? Well, if you're having a question about a certain area or if you're facing something in life or maybe somebody else is is in your life and they're questioning something and they come to you for answers, the the word should be the first thing that we turn to for answers. The word should be what we ter- turn to for direction. We ought not to give our own opinion. See, a lot of times people say, what do you think about this? Or what do you, what's your opinion on this? I've had people ask that to me over the years. What do you think? Or what's your opinion? And I don't like to give my own opinion or what I think. I like to give the word to people. And so I say, well, this is what the word says. This is what the word says. And this is what I believe about this because of what the word says. And we ought to... F- Train our, ourselves, train our spirits to respond with the word of God first. Train ourselves to respond with the word first. We ought to teach ourselves to give the word answer before we give our own opinion. What does the word say about that? What does the word say? What does the word say? See, when somebody asks me something, I should be responding with, what does the word say? And I do. And that's how we should live as believers because that is our first and final authority. It's the final answer that we ought to turn to and the first answer that we ought to turn to. See, the word is our answer and it's the only answer that's going to bring life. But see, the word is light. And Paul said in the 14th verse, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleep, 
and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Well, is it possible for the church to be allowing darkness in their life? Absolutely. Is it possible for the church to have dead things in its life? Yes, absolutely. And it's not because they're not born of God and don't have the nature of light in them. No, they do. They are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is not allowed to be Lord, however, in people's lives like he wants to be. And people allow darkness into their life. They allow deception into their life. Remember Paul said, let no man deceive you with vain words back there in verse 6. See, it's possible for people to be deceived. And I noticed in the scripture, according to the word, that deception is a choice. Deception is a choice. Deception is a choice in our life. We can choose to either be deceived or we can choose to walk in the light. And I've seen people over the years walk. I grew up in a pastor's home. I grew up in ministry. There's never been a day I didn't know ministry. I've, I, I knew I was called to the ministry from a young age. I, at five years old, I was very clear and very sure about what I was going to do in life. I was going to be a preacher. I was, and I was going to, I was going to, go out into ministry. I knew that at five years old and I grew up in a pastor's home. And, you know, over the years, I've watched and seen a lot of things that have taken place. And I haven't seen everything I'm going to see. I haven't learned everything I'm going to learn. But I have seen and have learned a few things. And I've seen people over the years come through churches and come through congregations and they sit under the word for a while and they sit under the truth for a while. But over time, they allow themselves to be deceived and they allow themselves to be taken away with vain things, they, whether it be things of the world or it, they allow the ideas of the world to creep into their life and into their ideology or in their mind. They allow affliction and persecution to take them out of the purpose of God. Do you see where I'm going with this? Jesus talked about the things that would arise and come against the word in people's lives. See, you get excited about the word. You get hungry for the word of God, and then the enemy comes to try to take those things away. He comes to try to steal the word. He comes to try to take the word away from people's lives. And he tries in a number of different ways. And I would say that the number one way that people yield to the enemy, or the number one way in which people are deceived by the enemy, I'd say more than anything else, is through... The lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eyes, and the pride of life. What I can have, who I can be, you know, what all these things in life, the things that appeal to the flesh, the things that are enticing to the flesh. It's It could be job opportunities. It could be, you know, other people that try, pull um, Christians away. It could be the love for money. It could be, you know, all these different things in the world that try to entice believers and try to pull them off course. I remember one guy, he was serving in church. He's a young Christian and the Lord had restored his life. He had had a bad, broken life and the Lord had restored him completely. And he was, he was serving God in the church, the local church. He had become an usher in the church and he was, he was growing and maturing in the things of God. The Lord is blessing him all of a sudden. And it wasn't, he was there for about a year, two years in my daddy's church. And over time, 
you know, he was doing so good. But then all of a sudden, after a while, he got he got distracted with other opportunities. And one day he came up to me and he said, you know what, I, I got this great opportunity, this great job opportunity in another city. So, and I'm going to, I think I need to take it. And I said to him, you know what, did the Lord tell you you need to take it? And did the Lord lead you to go to this other place? And he 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 you know may, people when they don't have answer something they make excuses for it he started making a bunch of excuses but i had a word of from the lord for for him a word from the lord and i told him i said you know if you take this job opportunity if you go and, and pursue after this thing you're going to miss god because the lord has planted you here the lord put you here and the lord wants you to stay here well he didn't listen to me and he went off and he, ch- he chased after this this job. Well, I saw him a few years later, and he's not serving God. He's not in church. And his life is deteriorating, going back to the way it was before. Well, why did that happen? Well, first of all, no honor for the word of God from the man of God. He didn't believe the word, and therefore he got away. He, he decided he, he knew better. He got away from it. And number two, he wasn't let out. He wasn't led out. He was, he was driven out, so to speak, by opportunity. Or he followed after opportunity instead of being led by the Spirit of God. People ought not to follow after their own dreams. People ought to follow after the Holy Ghost and the Lord's dreams for their life and what he has for them. Where's my church? Where am I planted by the Lord? Where am I called to be? That's what we ought to be seeking after. I'm telling you guys, story after story comes to mind of all the people that have chased after their own ideas and have gone off spiritually. They've gone off into the ditch. They have ended up on the spiritual junk heap of life because they would not serve the Lord, because they would not be led by the Spirit of God. Christians need to be following what is on the inside, being led by the Spirit of God. And we're talking about the Holy Ghost. We're talking about walking in the Spirit and walking in the light. In order to walk in the light, you have to walk in his word and you have to walk according to what he has said to you in your heart. But so many Christians are dull and they're callous to these things because they they fill themselves with other things. They feed on other things that are not right. They feed on on the information of man. They feed on the the world on worldly things. And they listen to other people rather than listening to the to the voice of God in their life. And as a result, they're led astray. They follow after every whim, every idea, every opportunity, and they're not being led by the Spirit of God. And you know, that can hinder the plan of God. It can hinder the plan of God in their life, but it can also hinder the plan of God as a whole in the whole church. Because you know how hard it can be to fill spots in the church where others have left it open but anyways paul said christ shall give the light but what is the what is the condition or what is it what is the way in which christ shall give us light in other words how is he going to give us light or what is the what is our part in positioning ourselves in order for christ to give us light it says that we're to awake and we're to arise so that Christ can give us light. See, we have a part to play. What is my part in all this? 
What is my responsibility? It's not all off on God. God will do his part. He's faithful to do his part. But we as believers, we have our part too. We're called to awake if we've been sleeping. We're called to arise if we've allowed dead things in our life so that Christ can give us light. That means positioning ourselves so that we can partake of his light so that we can walk in the light again. And how do we awake and how do we arise? What does that mean according to the scripture? That means that we repent and turn from the direction that we've been going in. If we've been walking in darkness, if we've allowed darkness in our lives, it's time for repentance. It's time to turn into the light. And whole churches need to repent. And whole churches need to get down on their knees and and ask God for forgiveness. They need to turn from their wicked ways. And remember, we talked about it earlier in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Is it possible for God's people to have wicked ways or to be walking in wickedness? Yes. Yes. And the Lord said, if you will turn from those things, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive your sins. I will heal your land. But the Lord is looking to his people to change first before the land can be healed. The Lord is looking for us to awake and for us to arise so that he can give us light. And there are whole denominations that have veered off and gotten off course. But the Lord is calling for us to walk in the light and to return to that which we know. Remember, the entrance of thy word giveth light. Psalms 119, 130. It giveth understanding to the simple. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalms 119, 105. See, the word of God. The word of God. So now look at the 15th verse, Ephesians 5, 15. See, then you walk circumspectly. That's a King, King James word. Literally means cautiously. Redeeming, or but not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine. Verse 18. Wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. We talked about it last week that that word be filled or that phrase be filled, if you look it up in your Greek concordance or you study it out, that Bible word and that Bible phrase literally means be being filled. Keep being filled. There's a play on that word. It means keep on being filled. Be filled with the Spirit. I like to say stay full. Continually fill yourself up with the Spirit of God. Continually renew yourself with the Spirit of God. Jude verse 20, there's only one chapter in Jude. The book of Jude verse 20 says, Beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. See, so we're to be filled or continually fill ourselves up with the Spirit of God. In other words, maintain a constant experience of being filled. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost at one time, that's good and that's right. But you ought to keep being full. You ought to maintain that experience. The experience that you had when you were first filled with the Holy Ghost is the experience that you're to maintain the rest of your life. The experience that you're to continue to have the rest of your life. God did not 
intend for his church to be filled one time with power and anointing and then just to leave it at that and to let themselves get dry and to let themselves just get empty. No, he has called for his church to maintain that experience of the spirit-filled life. And notice what verse 19 says. Ephesians 5.19 says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God in the name and the, and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Well, what is he talking about here? What does all that mean? Well, he hasn't changed subjects. He hasn't gone off on a different t- subject or different topic. Topic, No, he's still talking about the Spirit-filled life. He said, be filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit, this is what your life will look like. This is what will follow. These are the characteristics of the Spirit-filled life. You'll speak to yourselves in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. What are these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? Well, this isn't talked about very much in churches today. It's not even talked about very much in Pentecostal circles today and word of faith circles today like it should be because leadership and pastors and preachers don't even know how to practice it for themselves, let alone tell somebody else to practice it. But psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and melody in your heart to the Lord is something of the Spirit. It comes out of your heart when you're full of the Holy Ghost. These psalms and hymns... And spiritual songs are divinely inspired utterance from the Holy Ghost that come out of your heart, out of your spirit, as you're fellowshipping with the Lord. So remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He said, I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing in the spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. Because out of your spirit and out of your heart flows utterance, right? When you're praying in tongues... Utterance is flowing out of your heart, and it speaks forth unto God in an unknown tongue. Mysteries that flow out of your heart in the Lord. But then these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs are divinely inspired utterance from the Holy Ghost that flow out of your heart. That is a known tongue. It's known to you. It's utterance that flows out of your heart to bless the Lord. If you look up these words, psalms and hymns, they don't come out of a hymnal book. These aren't things that come out of a song book like we used to have in the olden days. These aren't things you read off a projector. These aren't songs that come from you know, reading or seeing off a projector, looking at something else. No, this is something that comes out of your heart. It's utterance unto the Lord from the Holy Ghost, inspired by the Lord. Hallelujah. And it literally is means a spiritual poem or an ode. So kind of like if you were reciting a poem, it is similar to that. And that's something that we can use to kind of explain it. If you were reading off a poem, it it rhymes and it has rhythm to it. Well, it's kind of like that. But in the things of the Spirit, it may rhyme or may not rhyme, but it's inspired utterance from the Lord. These psalms and hymns and spiritual songs And it's melody, the scripture says, it comes out of your heart and notice it's to the Lord. Two things to point out in verse 19, it said, speaking to yourselves in these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So this is something that you do in your own personal life. And then at the end of that verse, it says it's to the Lord. 
So it's in your own personal life and it's given up to the Lord. It's something that we do to fellowship with the Lord. And what does it do? It blesses us. It revives us. It refreshes us. It builds us up in our spirit. And I like to say, you know, these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that are inspired from the Holy Ghost that come as a result of being filled with the Spirit, it helps us to better magnify God. It helps us to better lift up the Lord and to magnify Him in our life. Verse 20 says, It's giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so see, these, this is something that comes as a result of being filled with the Spirit. This is something that comes as a result of filling yourself up with the Holy Ghost. And every single believer ought to practice this in their own personal life. Not just people that stand behind a pole, but not just for prophets, not just for those that are used by God to speak forth and prophesy, but it's for all of us as believers. And notice, it's to the Lord. You can practice this in your personal life. I'm not saying everyone's going to be used in the area of prophecy, but you can speak to yourself in these things and make melody in your heart to the Lord. Some of us are used on the line of prophecy. But what is prophecy? It edifies us, it comforts us, and it exhorts us according to the scripture. Hallelujah. But we can be edified and comfort and exhort ourselves in the Lord when we're filled with the Spirit. And that's exactly what Paul is saying here. Hallelujah. Victory is in the Lord. Purpose is in the Lord. Guidance is in the Lord. It comes from the Lord. It's given to us as we walk in the light. And as we'll fill ourselves up with the Spirit, we will begin to walk in greater measures of the Spirit of God. Ha ha ha. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. The Lord desires that his children walk in the light. Hallelujah. I have a psalm rising up in my spirit. And this is a demonstration of what we've been teaching on. Walking in the light is walking in the word. Walking in the light is the path that is right for thy life. For your path is lit by my word and by my spirit. Your path is lit and you see and know which way you're to go. Though there are many paths and many directions that people may go in, and many paths and directions that the enemy would try to take you in. But there's only one path that leads to blessing and purpose in him. Only one path that leads to righteousness in him. And so walk in the light and walk in the purpose of heaven. Oh, give flight to those things that are on the inside. And go higher in my plan and in my purpose. For the flight of my spirit and the flight of mine anointing shall lift thee up in dark and difficult times. Rise up on wings like eagles and soar above the discouragement and the care and the problems of this life. For there's greater things for the children of God who walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. See, guys, what is that? That's me being sensitive to the Spirit of God, letting that utterance flow out of my spirit. And it refreshes us. It gives us direction. It encourages us, doesn't it? 
The Lord wants us to flow in these things in our own personal life. He wants us to flow in these things in our own personal life. And like I said, it's not practiced in even Pentecostal circles and word of faith circles like it should be. People don't know about it like they should. And even for those who do know about it, they don't, they've only stepped into it into a measure. In a measure. But there's a greater measure to go into. There's a greater measure of these things. There's a greater and deeper vein that the Spirit of God would like to take you into in these days. Deeper in the Lord and deeper in His plan. Deeper in vision and revelation from my hand. And so allow me to take you deeper. Allow me to take you farther. Allow me to show you great and mighty things from the Father. Hallelujah. For greater things are in store. And oh, greater, 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 hallelujah, from the Lord. So allow the Spirit of God to take you deeper. Deeper, deeper. Oh, and greater things shall come as a result, I hear the Spirit of God say. Hallelujah. You know, guys, we can snorkel and just look at all the stuff that's on the surface of the ocean, or we can scuba dive and go deep into the to the oceans of God's Spirit and the waters of God's Spirit and see all the wonderful things that lie beneath. Well, God has great things in store for all of us. Amen. And He wants to use us mightily. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, guys... Week after week, we enter into new veins and we go in different directions. It's important that we continue to keep up with these podcasts so that we can continue to grow and develop. And the Word keeps showing us more and more. And the Spirit of God keeps teaching us more and more. Amen? This is a time to be ready. Because the coming of the Lord is soon. It draweth nigh. The Lord is admonishing us to be ready and to watch. Because He's coming quickly. He's coming quickly. He's coming quickly. And and we need to be ready for his coming. Not living as if we've got all kinds of time, but living for the Lord and living for his purpose and living for his plan in these last days. Because time is short and the day of the Lord is at hand. Be ready in your heart. Be ready in your spirits. Tell others to be ready. Tell others to get themselves into position. For the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night and catch many by surprise. But those that are ready in their spirit and in their heart, they shall be ready to go onto the other side. <laughs> Glory be to God. Glory be to God. The Lord is calling for his church to be ready. So the way that we ready ourselves is to walk in the word, walk in the spirit, live right, under the Lord, lay aside those weights and sins and prepare our hearts for his coming. Amen. We'll get into more of this next week, but the Lord is doing great and mighty things. Amen. The Lord is doing great and mighty things in us. He, What he's begun in us, he'll continue to perform until the day of Jesus Christ. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. This podcast went a little bit longer, but there's so much that the Lord is trying to say and do for us. Amen. We're going to get into more of it next week. Listen, you can follow Stephen Overbaugh Ministries on Facebook and on YouTube. And you can visit our website, stephenoverbaugh.com, to find out where we're going next. Different meetings that are going to be taking place very soon, possibly in your area. So 
Keep following us. Keep staying hooked up. And remember, Jesus is coming very soon. So be ready.